This is a Border Fuel production. Chiefs Kingdom, welcome back to a very special edition of the Chiefs Take Podcast. Oh boy, here we are. You know, we've had a long season so far, but it's been a while since we've had a Wednesday. Cody? Caleb, another Wednesday, baby. Another Wednesday. Peyton? Another Wednesday, a mild heart attack later. We're here. We are (laughs) here. Anything is possible. So big shout outs to uh, we know who. We'll get into that here in a little bit. How nervous were you guys during the game? Because I was watching the game at Cody's apartment and I literally paced around the back of his apartment for the entire, I never sat down. You didn't sit down one time. No, I did the not. First, the first quarter was a scream fest. You know, you're excited for the game, but you did not sit down. But I was really nervous when uh, Mahomes went down. I was very, very, very nervous. And I was even more nervous when Cleveland established the run game again to go down to make it 17-22. Yeah. Yeah, I, I got real nervous. Peyton, how nervous did you get? Because I remember just checking my phone. I was trying not to check my phone too much. And I was just getting texts from Peyton Spots in all caps that just said, F Harrison Butker, immediately Frank Clark sucks. And it's just like Peyton was definitely losing his mind, at least through the, in the third quarter into the fourth quarter of that game. Yeah, I was pretty hot. Uh, wasn't uh, the most – wasn't your typical Chiefs are in control, we're going to be all right for the first time this season, really. And, uh, yes, just wasn't used to it. Well, let's kind of get into what happened because, like we mentioned, the whole first quarter, the first quarter and pretty much the whole first half of the game was just a pure domination from start to finish. And I say that because, what, Cody, you got some stats for us, but the Chiefs went down their very first two offensive drives in, what, by the middle of the second quarter, they were up already two possessions on the Browns. Yeah, it should have been three possessions. Or, well, yeah. So the first two drives, both went over seven plays. We had three plays over 20 yards, and they both went for touchdowns. Mm-hmm. And uh, we got the one touchdown and the one drive off of the one time a game when Mahomes should run the ball, the one time a game. We kind of overused that. And then the second touchdown, Travis Kelsey, he he baptized Denzel Ward. <laughs> I mean, what did you guys think of that play? Because that play, not only the route running was incredible, but watching that dude jump from like the eight-yard line and land into the end zone was incredible. I think you got to give a shout-out to Michael Hartman for allowing Travis Kelsey to roll over him into the end zone. But I was actually in the middle of a Twitter argument right before he did that, talking about if George Kittle was a better route runner than Travis Kelsey. And that's all I needed to see. Caleb, that's a Pro Bowl corner. Put it to bed, didn't it? Yeah. Yeah. So, and you know, everything was going well. The offense looked great. Mahomes, I mean, he he was looking efficient. I sh- They showed that one graphic. He was like seven for seven on one of those drives. He didn't miss the whole way down the field. I mean – it was incredible. It should have been more, but, you know, Peyton's good friend Harrison Butker missed a PAT, and then later in the game he would miss a field goal. He was having some issues out there. Hasn't had a miss from either since week nine of the season, but he did have that rough stretch from week three to week nine where he was inconsistent. 
So what 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 are you guys taking away from Butker's performance? Because he kind of down the line made the game a little bit closer than it should have been with those misses. We kind of talked about it last week. Uh, the only really thing that could – well, the most likely thing to get in our way from having an easy victory would be special teams. And that's kind of in part what we saw with him. That's kind of what made me even more nervous because I was in the back of my mind uh, just thinking about all the uh, potential – special team screw-ups that we could have, and we were just leaving points on the board mm-hmm. uh, with him missing those kicks. Now, I, I was kind of weird around the uh, – Justin Tucker missed two. Yeah. And what's it, crazy about Bucker is he made the 50-yarder. Drilled it. It's like the 30-yard distance for him is, like, his toughest. Maybe he just doesn't concentrate or focus enough. I've heard uh, Pat McAfee on his podcast. Have you guys ever listened to those? Yeah. He doesn't know who Carrington Harrison is. Yeah, he, he doesn't. He just kept putting it on Carrington Harrison about the Mahomes suite. Is that what you're talking about? Yeah, that was funny. Yeah, but if you ever hear Pat talk about kicking, because I actually watched the Justin Tucker episode, it, it, basically all he says is it's it's all about focus and confidence. And to make a 50-yard field goal, it tells me you don't have low confidence. So it's probably just he's just got to focus in a little bit more than he thinks he has to. I think it's one of those things with him where he's so automatic from deep. He probably doesn't hone his like fundamentals back down for the shorter kicks. And he probably needs to focus in on doing that more. So that'll be something to watch as we continue on to the playoffs, but you know, Travis Kelsey, Tyree kill, they went out there and they balled out and did their thing. You know, I'm just sitting here looking at it, you know, Tyree kill eight receptions for 110 yards had a sensation, a couple of sensational gabs, Kelsey, not far behind him, same amount of receptions with eight, 109 yards and the big touchdown. So those guys were on all game and it looked early and often like Mahomes was just going to light up the scoreboard. I know headed into halftime, the Browns fans were all up in arms because Daniel Sorensen made a football play, but it was targeting. And so, yeah, that mean, it was targeting. No, I don't think it was targeting. I think that, uh, I, I think that, Number one, people saying that it's the dumbest rule in all of football. They need to – uh, it's not a dumb rule. You should not be rewarded for fumbling the football. <laughs> oh, you're talking about the touchback rule. I thought you were talking about the helmet-to-helmet rule. No, I'm t- both rules are stupid. Both <laughs> rules are stupid. They're both dumb rules, in my opinion, because, one, what do you want them to do? The dude, the dude is diving into the end zone. So, Soren, the dude lowers the plane like you were talking about. He lowers the yeah. plane – so Sorensen just has to go down and match him. That's not a dirty hit. There's no other part of his body he can hit with. And number two, if if you're the Browns are obviously not ready for primetime because a primetime player wouldn't have let someone like Sorensen knock the ball out of his hands while he's headed into the end zone to score. So, yeah, I think they're both stupid. It's stupid that people want to make the that into the big deal of the game. Yeah, that's and that's not what cost them the game. They had an entire half, basically. I think ten minutes in the third and an entire fourth quarter to score 14 points on a Chiefs defense that some will say that has problems stopping the run. Evidently not. We held the two running backs to 108 yards total, two elite running backs. But you had two halves without Patrick Mahomes, and we didn't put up any points. I think we kicked a field goal. Correct. And that'll get us to what we had at a halftime. You know, they come out of halftime – Really great play by Tyron Matthew. We'll get into the play of the defense here in a little bit because this is one of the best games that I think Steve Spagnola has ever coached for the Chiefs. 
and also one of the best defensive performances we've seen from Tyron Matthew in a long time. But when they get out their interception, Chiefs kind of stutter out. No big deal. They should have a field goal. Butker misses. Browns come back down. They score. And then Patrick Mahomes on third down and one, the Chiefs run that option play again. And at the time, it looked like nothing had happened, but he got up woozy. And we now know what they have been calling the concussion is likely was him getting choked out much like you'd see in mixed martial arts or UFC or wrestling, but it was really a scary play because I know in the back of my mind, I was thinking like this could be worst case scenario. And for that game, it ended up being the worst case scenario possible. Payton, you got anything on that? Yeah. uh, Looking at the replay, uh, there wasn't really – like any major trauma to the head that you would think he had a concussion, but the way he just got grabbed around the neck, uh, I was just kind of worried about it could have been like a serious neck injury. Uh, That's just what I was thinking, watching it in real time. Yeah. You know, and, but then it's weird because we see him running off the field and I was like, Oh, I'm sure he's going to be back. I was like, maybe he just got dinged up or something and they're just going to make sure. But obviously with the $500 million man, if there's any thought that he's going to be hurt, you know, they're going to take him out no matter what the situation of the game is. But now all of a sudden we are looking at a Chad Henney led offense (laughs) with, with lots of time left in the second half. And that's kind of when the Browns made their move to start trying to running the ball and getting back into the game because the chiefs offense really stuttered with him in there, even though I do think that the Darrell Williams actually played a really good game. He, I think he was able to kind of help them move the ball a little bit. Even when Henny came in, what that was his best game ever as a chief. I'm looking at, he had averaged six yards a carry and he had 76 yards rushing. And he was really, he had the big first fourth down that led to the last points. The chiefs would score of the game in the third quarter on the Butker field goal. And then he had a big third down catch late, just running a little swing route out of the backfield. He was good, but I think it's time we get into the Chiefs' defense here because, dude. Caleb, real quick, and I'm I'm glad you touched on it. Back to the Mahomes thing. Yeah. What's frustrating, and and I get it, but we all knew that Mahomes had a foot problem. So not only do you have your quarterback who you don't want taking hits anyway, you have a quarterback who's not near as mobile as he's used to being. And what I think, just based on personal experience, I think he's probably struggling with turf toe. Now, there hasn't been any, you know, exact word as to what it is. We haven't heard anything from the X-rays or MRIs, or at least I haven't. But it's kind of like last year in that QB sneak situation. I get the play call, and if you're out on the field, coaches are going to consider you healthy, Mm -hmm. and they're going to call their best game. But why in that situation when we're running the ball as well as we are and the offensive line looks as good as they are, even putting Mahomes in that situation? See, that's the thing I don't get is we're, we're not willing to quarterback sneak, but we're willing to roll him out and run him on option type plays. And, you know, they've been doing that since the Super Bowl last year. They've been doing it all this year. And, you know, it's worked out fine. It's been good. But, you know, just that one little – freak thing happened and he did get choked out pretty good on that but yeah. it doesn't make a lot of sense because I'd assumed on that fourth and one you know they're either gonna pass the ball or they're gonna run like a pitch out just quick pitch to Williams or they're just gonna hand it off and try to get it up the middle that was what was not really making a whole ton of sense to me yeah it's like so you, we don't get it it's fourth and one 
Then we run a play that we, we think is going to get us a yard guaranteed, at least if not more. Well, why don't you just run that on third down? Leave Mahomes out of it. You're right. This is the second time that Mahomes has got hurt in a play, in a short yardage play where you really feel like we could use it, but we don't need it. Now, if it's the Super Bowl, it's fourth quarter, we're down by 10 and we need a touchdown and we're on the one-yard line, fourth and one, I'd call a quarterback sneak every time. But in a playoff game where you've scored every drive, you've had the ball, I just – the call doesn't make any sense. Yeah. We had previously called that play and it got us the yardage we needed um, and it caught them off guard. I was just surprised we went back to it because they were – at that time they were prepared for it and snuffed it out real quick. Yeah, and that play, the whole idea of that play is to leave a defensive end, make a, make a player make a decision if he wants to go block Mahomes or if he wants to go take the quarterback or he wants to go after the running back. And on the goal line, it was just so perfectly called. There wasn't even a Cleveland Brown in position, but the, you know the Browns had seen it once, so they were ready for it. So maybe Mahomes should have probably tried to pitch it, even though you know he saw the yardage. He's aggressive. He's going to try and go get it. So I get that. But, yeah, it's frustrating to see how easily they can move the ball. And then one play later, they run just a well-drawn play. They motion people out. They clear out that left side. And then Chad Henney just tosses a little pitch, and Eric Fisher gets up to the second level. And Byron Pringle has a really nice block. And they needed a yard, and they got 16 on that. So I can see the frustration. I can see how that bothers everyone. Um, we're getting ready to have to take a little break here in a minute. The recording's going to cut us off, but when we come back, we are going to go to defense. Before we go to this little break, what was the most nervous moment you guys had during the game? Was it the Mahomes injury, or was it when the Browns started oh, getting their offense going? Peyton, you want to go first? Um, honestly, up to that point, the Mahomes injury for sure, but when we came uh, out on that fourth down play, steal the game and shotgun and then actually snapped yeah. the ball <laughs> I actually snapped the ball my heart skipped a couple beats yeah I think I was the most nervous after they scored the first touchdown because I knew we didn't have Mahomes and I know that Cleveland has a scary run game when they get it going they hadn't gotten it going pretty much all day up to that point but once they got it going you know, late in the game, defenses start getting tired. Your big guys are tired. That was probably when I was most nervous. And after the break, we'll get into that last se- the last sequence of plays, the last defensive stand, and the last offensive stand. What made me nervous was when Chad Henney drops back and we just, like, eat the ball. We have a field goal ready. Maybe we do. We don't know. Probably Butker would have hit it. It was a big-time situation there. But all he has to do is either just check it down to someone or eat the ball. And what does Chad Hetty do? He just <laughs> lobs it in the air. The opposite. And, and that's when, in my mind, I was like, oh, this is like the situation where we could easily see things start to shut down. So we're going to take a little break here. I'm going to uh, – guys, we're going to take a little break here. We're going to get into Andy Reid's last – and Steve Spagnola's last stand after this. And then we're going to break down the Buffalo Bills. This is Chiefs Take. We will be right back after this. Chiefs Kingdom, we are back after a short break. This is the Chiefs Take podcast. Guys, I tell you what, I thought this was the one of the best games that Steve Spagnola had called all season for the Chiefs. And, you know, once 
Mahomes went out, the Bills said, this is our chance, and we're going to have a chance to run the ball and do what we want, and they did, but I got to give credit to Spags because in the first half, they really shut them down, and in the second half, when it mattered the most, the Browns' last offensive possession, they went seven plays and only got about eight eight to nine yards. They got lucky with a penalty there. What's your guys' takeaway from the game defensively? I think my biggest takeaway from the game defensively, real quick before we do that, I didn't get to say it, but you want to know what Chad Henney's uh, Hail Mary to the end zone to the other team reminded me of? What? It reminded me of the year we played the Colts in the playoffs, and Andrew Luck fumbled the ball, or somebody fumbled the ball, Andrew Luck picked it up, dove for a touchdown, and that pretty much changed the game. And then another one is when we're playing Tennessee, and Marcus Mariota throws a pass. It should have been intercepted. Instead, it bounces off back to him, and he scores another touchdown. That's See. just – that moment, that's what it reminded me of. I was like, okay, Chiefs playoff luck coming right back at us. So you thought it was going to be one of those kinds of games? I thought right after that, I was like, it's going to be one of these kind of games. Because Mahomes gets hurt, you're like, okay, we've got a veteran 35-year-old quarterback that can come in and just manage the game under Andy Reid. And then he does that, and you're just like, well, this is not fucking how we thought it was going to go. No. But – my biggest takeaways from the defense is, Caleb, I texted you this. I think Tyron played the best game I've ever seen him play. From a physicality standpoint, you know, I talked about it all year. He hasn't really been that physical. This game, he was very physical. He was setting the edge without even setting the edge, if that makes sense. No, and yeah, he for did sure. it early, and it was obvious that the Browns' game plan was to attack us on the outside with the run game. And there were three plays in the first quarter that he shut it down, and they pretty much got away from that and started having to throw the ball because we were starting to get a lead. Right. Uh, Secondary-wise, I think it's one of the best games that they've played. Uh, Daniel Sorensen to give up a whole shot in what looked to be like a cover six type look. Forcing a fumble and not allowing them to get any points before the half was a big play. Legereus needs sack off of the Browns' first drive. I mean, I think our defense played phenomenal. I think Spags really dialed it up when he needed to. Uh, I just think it was an all-around great performance. Oh, yeah, for sure. Peyton, you got any thoughts on the overall play of the defense? Uh, just kind of everything what Cody said. I thought Spags did a great job of making Baker uncomfortable the entire game. He never really got into much of a groove. And then you got that uh, that bad man, Dan Sorensen, clutchest defensive player maybe <laughs> we've seen for the Chiefs in big situations. Dude, he's – made so many big plays dating back to that 2018 playoff run where he made big plays against the Colts and big plays against the Patriots. And then obviously what he did last year. And again, he comes out and has another good one. Um, I thought LeJarrius Sneed and Bashad Breeland both played pretty well. Also Charvarius Ward, he struggled at times, but as we'll get into, he actually made what I think was the most impressive open field tackle of the game against a man that's very hard to bring down on the last play of the offense for the Browns. Talking about Chubb? No, I'm talking about when he tackled Kareem Hunt one-on-one on that swing pass because we both saw it happening, and I was like, oh, that could have been a bad – that could have been a 12-yard rip right there. But let's get into it. The final defensive drive of the game, you know, oh, yeah, and Chris Jones was – played like an animal all game against one of the better offensive lines in the NFL. He was matched up on Wyatt Teller. Let's Wish go. We could say the same thing about uh, Frank Clark Frank. against that third string. Oh. Yeah. The Browns' tackles were banged up all game, and Frank Clark third still couldn't. Left tackle. 
could still not generate much pass rush. But let's go into that last defensive drive when the Chiefs and when Steve Spagnola, you know, we've seen some defensive coaches for the Chiefs just fall back and play conservative and Spags blitzes on two of the last three plays. His defense is out there, dials it up. What did you guys overall takeaways from that last defensive stop? Because that was really the biggest three plays of the game up to that point. I think that's what the best defensive coordinators do in football. Uh, Greg Williams, Todd Bowles, you know, when the game's on the line, you don't want to leave it into the other quarterback's hand. He's, he's in the NFL for a reason, especially in the playoffs. Uh, I mean, how sick would you be as a player if you played conservative and allowed a core quarterback to pick you apart uh, for the drive that was ultimately the difference between winning or losing the game? So, I, I like that in situations. If I was a defensive coordinator, I would do the exact same thing. Uh, you just got to give a lot of credit to him. It's it's how you win Super Bowls and not playoff games. Right. Yeah, it's very encouraging to see them step up uh, in the most important time of the year. Uh, so I, I kind of think that just speaks to how Spags has continued to improve our defense this year. Um, hasn't, hasn't let them regress at all. Uh, that he's just had them ready for that moment and it wasn't too big for him at all. And, you know, I always think back to the 2018 AFC championship game when they did let Tom Brady just go down the field and do whatever he wanted. I think Andy Reid said, I'm, I'm never letting that happen to me again. Actually what happened is Gronkowski one-on-one with Eric Berry the whole time. Yeah. We should have, they should have put, they put, they should have put Sorensen on Gronk. Yeah, I don't know. Sorensen's just not great in coverage. It's weird because you have the, and this is why he's the most average clutch player of all time because he's just he's so not average. Great at anything. Yeah, he's not great at anything except making really big plays in the right place at the right time. Yeah, all the time. Yeah. I tell you what, my uh, my guy Chris Jones, those last three plays, he stuffed two runs, and that last play, he was one on one against the best guard in the NFL this season. And he Baker beat him, movie. and he forced Baker to throw the check down. And Charvarius Ward, who had an up-and-down kind of game, he somehow latches on to Kareem Hunt, who's our fault he got kicked off. It's the Chiefs' fault he got kicked off. Yeah, his revenge tour. Yeah. His, hey, they held him and chubbed under 100 yards each. So, bravo. That was the game plan coming into it. He makes an impressive open field tackle. The Chiefs get the ball back with, like, four minutes to go. And I'm like – God, man, we got to run the four-minute drill with Chad Hitty and gets a couple of completions here and there, takes a bad sack. It's third and 14. And I remember, Cody, you said, just eat it. You were like, if he just eats it here, I could live. He's like, let's just send the defense out there. One more possession. And um, old hen dog, he sat back there, and the Browns definitely did not respect the 35-year-old legs, but those legs were fresh, and he took (laughs) off. And he took off like we'd never seen him run before. And somehow his slow old ass came up like an inch short and it was fourth and inches. And, you know, they reviewed it and he was short. It was a hell of an effort. And, you know, we're sitting here just on the edge of our seat. Everyone, everyone in Kansas city is and Tony Romo sitting here going, they're not going to snap the ball. But I mean, you look over, we're watching the TV and all of a sudden, you know, the chiefs are messing around. Eric Fisher's standing straight up pointing at people and he's calling stuff out. They're motioning people around. And then all of a sudden they snap the ball and same exact play they ran a few weeks ago against the dolphins 
to seal the game versus them on a late down play. They snap that ball and old Henny takes one step and he just throws a nice little spiral over to Tyree kill and he falls down. Was that the most gutsy playoff call by Andy Reed you have ever seen? I think that's the most gutsy play call I've seen by anybody ever. It has, I mean, it has to be, you have, first of all, Chad Henney's got big nuts, but Andy Reed got really, really, really big nuts. Randy, all that. Your balls. (laughs) For Andy Reed to call that play at that time of the game with Mahomes, you get it. Cause if, if you're going to win or lose the game, you want to ride with 15, but with Chad Henney, he makes that call and makes the throw. And the best part about the play is, Caleb, you listen to the podcast, so you'll hear him talk about it. Pat McAfee talking about they probably practiced the body language part because that's the whole thing, right? You're watching it. You're like, well, they're not going to run a play. And that's why Tony Romo was surprised as he was is because they did run a play. and it, it, it was just – it's incredible. It's absolutely unbelievable that they ran a play and got it. And it's even more unbelievable that he did it with his backup quarterback. If we wouldn't have got that, uh, if we wouldn't have converted there, Andy Reid would have been getting ripped up and down, oh, left yeah. and right from everybody. And I mean, I don't, I don't know what my reaction would be, but yeah, just crazy, absolutely crazy. I was saying go for it from the very beginning. I was all ready to roll the dice. I just some people. Yeah. And, you know, I've still seen some Chiefs fans, some people still say they should have never done that. That was stupid. I'm like, all right. But let's be honest, Chad Hitty, hell of an effort. It was impossible for him to mess that up. Tyree Kill was so yeah. was going to be so open just off of the play call alone because Pringle and Travis Kelsey pulled everyone out. Kelsey pulled two on him. All Tyree Kill had to do was take that little jab step and just run down the line as fast as he could and get that one yard and then fall down in bounds. And if you listen to Tyreek after the game, he said, that's why they pay me the big dollars. So that's what I like to hear. Yeah, it was just – it. it'll be one of the – it'll probably be the memory if the Chiefs go to win the Super Bowl this year of that play. I, you got to give credit. They got nuts. They got big nuts. Swollen. Let it hang. Yeah. And you know what? How many times, though, in his past has Andy Reid been criticized for being too conservative? Yeah. I, mean, I think that kind of flipped the narrative, though. I mean, don't I, you? That might have been last year on third and 15 when he called a 45-yard pass also. <laughs> yeah. Andy Reid's completely changed his coaching way since he's gotten to Kansas City. But do you guys have any more final takeaways from the divisional round versus the Browns? Because – uh, I think I, I kind of found it odd that uh, Le'Veon didn't see too much action, especially with Clyde yeah. being out. Uh, I really just wondered what you guys thought, uh, what the deal with that was. Um, I think it's because Darrell Williams has been our third down, pass down back all season. I think having him out there, that kind of just makes the Browns always want to play the pass. And on some of those runs he had, he did have a good game, but the Chiefs were able to manipulate their way into a good box, into good angles for their blockers to make the plays. And, you know, maybe Andy's just more comfortable with Le'Veon off the bench at this point because we still haven't really even seen him start yet. And I, I doubt we will at this point. So maybe he's just more yeah. comfortable with Daryl in there. It changes my whole perspective of us possibly signing him again. I don't think we will. No. I think we'll be a one and done, and I think that pretty much – just verified that 
you know, he's here for one year and I'm glad we signed him when Clyde goes down, but not a lot there. I, you know what I think is crazy? I want to know the percentages. There was a stat that came out that I read on the Green Bay game. Mm-hmm. Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay offense motion 70% of the time in their playoff win over uh, the Rams, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I would like to see the percentages of the Chiefs motion offense. I think we might have motioned every play, except for the very last one. This was not the offense we've seen the last few weeks, maybe against the Saints. But the offense we've seen the last few weeks has been very stagnant with little motions. And now all of a sudden, McCole Hardman and Tyree Kill are running around before the snap and they're confusing people. And Andy Reid is putting people in a position to win. So it was an awesome game. Clutch performance. Always going to be remembered in Kansas City. We like our heroes around here. Chad Henney is another KC playoff hero. But now it's time because for the third straight season, Arrowhead Stadium is going to be hosting the AFC Championship football game. And this year, the Buffalo Bills are coming to town. And I tell you what, if I'm the Kansas City Chiefs, I am angry headed in this game. You number one, because they just got one of the gutsiest playoff wins in recent memory. And they've been disrespected all week because people are upset that the Browns can't hold on to the football into the end zone and that Baker Mayfield is not a very good quarterback, but now they've also had to listen to this disrespect coming from the East coast media and all these people that say Josh Allen is the truth and all this. I don't know if those guys have been watching the bills play this playoff run. They have looked incredibly average on the offensive side of the football and they've got to get some offenses who I would say are not, they beat Phillip rivers and Lamar Jackson. You know, Philip had his retirement party today, so he's old man, and Lamar's a fraud. There's all there is to that. Well, they're getting ready. I think they're getting ready to figure out who's really in charge of it this week. Well, what's crazy is we've already beat them by 11. And it wasn't that close. It really wasn't that close, and we didn't even really put the ball in 15's hand. We dominate them with with our average run game and our below-average offensive line. And we didn't we didn't big play him in the run game. We just we'll take five yards every play. And we threw a bunch of quick outs to Travis Kelsey and Tyree Kill yeah. and Demarcus Robinson led the team in receptions that game. If that tells you anything, how that yeah. one went. Yeah, and the difference in this game though is that I do think the Bills' defense is much improved. I'm not talking about because of what they did to Baltimore. I think Baltimore is a fraud. But here, here's the, the part of the game, the aspect of the game that I'm going to be looking at the most. If you watch that Bills-Ravens game, the Buffalo Bills did not run the ball until they had already thrown 20 passes. They had two rushes, and both of them were with Josh Allen. It's, it's the exact same thing as you look at the Ravens. Why can't the Ravens win big-time football games? Because they can't throw the ball in critical situations. Well, the Buffalo Bills are just as one-dimensional as they are, and one-dimensional offenses don't win football games, not this late in the season. So I think that'll be the key for the Chiefs defense. And I do think that a lot of this game is going to come down to our defense, just how well they play. I really don't want to be in a shootout with a so-so Mahomes on a bad foot and potentially a pinch nerve or whatever it is. But I think that'll be the thing to look for this week. Yeah. Peyton, you got anything on that? No, I'm just curious to see how Spag is going to play it, if he's going to attack him like he did Baker show him a lot of different looks, bring a lot of different pressures. Um, cause he, Allen's obviously a better quarterback than Baker, but uh, yeah. 
like like you guys said, he's not as great as everyone makes him out to be, and I, ju- I just really hope we'll be able to expose that. I think our secondary has been playing better and better every week, and this will be a real test. Looking back to the last time the Chiefs played the Bills, Josh Allen, who now the Bills throw almost every play, he went 14-27 for 122 yards passing with four and a half Pat with four and a half yard average on pass plays and two just two touchdowns. And a lot of that was late in the game when Spags dropped into the coverage. You look at that running game that game, they had to take Josh Allen back into his rookie season mode, and he was their leading rusher that game. But Stephon Diggs also led them in receptions that game. It was a cold, windy game in Buffalo. It's going to be cold and rainy at Arrowhead this Sunday. And, you know, this seems like these past few weeks, they've been trying to just force feed Stefan Diggs because you look at his numbers versus the rest of their receiving core, you know, Cole mm-hmm. Beasley gets some, but it's really not distributed at all. I feel like, you know, I know Bashad Breeland is injured this week, but I feel like this could be a big week where the Chiefs defense comes out and makes a statement, maybe gets a turnover or two because Josh Allen, when they're not going well in the play, they only scored 10 points on offense last week, and I still think the Ravens have a decent defense. But like you say, you know, there's some guys that if they're winning and everything's going right, they play good. But I've seen a stat that uh, Josh Allen has not played. Josh Allen is like something like thrown four touchdowns and six interceptions this year when the Bills have been losing. So I think if they get ahead early – and if the Chiefs can start putting pressure on him, Spag starts dialing up, I think we kind of see him fold up a little bit. Well, there's one thing that Josh Allen does under pressure is he does fold. He almost he almost lost him the uh, – I guess not almost lost him, but against the Ravens. He had that huge fumble. They lost him like 30 yards. If Baltimore recovers that, I'm pretty sure it's a 10-10 ball game. And then, you know, who knows at that point, momentum's completely completely shifted. But Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I I'll be I'll be curious to see as to what you know Spags. I'll be curious to see what we do on offense. Yeah, because no. really the question is is what kind of shape is Mahomes in? I think he's going to be okay and ready to play. They'll probably give him the shot in his toe and tape it up and do all they can. Yeah. But I'm just looking sitting here looking back to the numbers last time. Here's why I think the Buffalo Bills are in a lot of trouble. Last time the Chiefs played them, Mahomes threw 26 passes. He completed 21 of them for two touchdowns, a modest 225 by his standards. And we all agree that game, the Chiefs did nothing special. Nothing no. special. They no. just – it was a, it was like the preseason offense. But if you also take a look at that game, Clyde Edwards-Solera had 26 carries for 161 yards. The Chiefs as a team rushed for 245. Wow. If I'm the Bills, I'm like, we can go back and look at that tape and look at that and say, well, we got to stop the run. But then you got to look at what Mahomes was doing this past week, and you look at all these options, and you look at all these different passing patterns. And if I'm Sean McDermott, I'm saying – I'm looking at Brian Dable and Josh Allen. I'm going, you guys better come up with something. Because the Bills have been able to generate some pass rush, but it's because they've been blitzing a lot because their defensive line just really doesn't have that great of – pass rushers they do have the second highest pass rush rate in the nfl but it's because they've gotten into such a high blitzing percentage but what does patrick mahomes do well against the blitz oh he eats it up yeah and what do the yeah. what, do, what kind of coverage do the bills also like to play man yeah travis kelsey is finning to have a day or tyree kill or do what the chiefs did last week and just 
put a bunch of salad dressing out there just to give the ball to Miko Hartman on a jet sweep that goes for 45 <laughs> yards. Paint I thought work. it was kind of cool how they incorporated him into the game plan because they obviously – I think they've done it maybe one other time this season where they drew up plays specifically for him. I think that much speed on the field creates a lot of problems for defenses. Yeah. Peyton, what are you thinking about how the Chiefs attacked the Bills' defense this week? I think with the weather conditions, if they stay how they are, we'll try to uh, establish the run and stick with it, especially with Mahomes a little gimpy. Um, and I think it really just kind of depends on how our defense is playing, like how, how many points we're going to have to put up um, yeah. if we're playing from behind or if we have a lead. I think it'll just really depend on that. Yeah, and obviously it's a championship game. All aspects of the game are going to be important. You know, do you think this is probably the best secondary that we've played in the last 10 weeks or so? Mm. I think it's probably one of the best secondaries we've played in the last 10 weeks. Do you think it's better than the Saints secondary? I think they pose different challenges. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I would say so. I think Jadavius White is better than Marshawn Lattimore, and I would say Jordan Poyer has outplayed Malcolm Jenkins this year. Uh, yeah, I would say so. They're a good secondary, but overall the Bills' defense is ranked 16th in the NFL for a reason. I think that's because their front seven's so bad. I mean, they've got yeah. Tremaine Edmonds and uh, Hughes, but outside of that, Ed Oliver hasn't lived up to what he was supposed to be, and uh, – They've got A.J. Espinessa, a draft pick out of Iowa, but he hasn't seen much action. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think we should but we should be able to run the ball against them. Yeah. Do you know how frustrating it was last week to see Lamar just standing back there? And I was sitting there watching, and I knew he had no idea what was going on down there. <laughs> Pat's going to have an idea. Because let's be honest, Buffalo at this point, they laid all their chips out last week. Mm-hmm. They knew they had so? to get to – yes, I think they laid out all their chip. They didn't – I mean, obviously, I think they did on offense. I think they just didn't execute. And I think to stop Lamar, I think they laid all their chips out and said, we can't let this happen. Like, we have to get here. Yeah, I don't think we'll be able to look at any defensive film from them last week and be like, this is something that we expect to see, mm-hmm. you know, this week. I mean, besides basic concepts, cover one, cover three. Cover two. The Bills do play quite a bit of cover two, um, but yeah, I don't think I don't think that'll be a game where you can look at in similar film. No, I mean, call me crazy, but it could just come down to the Chiefs just being an overall better team. And like we said this last week, yeah, the Chiefs are really good at shutting down one-dimensional teams. Spags is really good at that because I remember. I mean, every time we play Baltimore. It's just been Spags that said, well, this is easy. If we stop the run, we're going to win the football game, guys. Yeah. We just got to do the opposite of that this week, and we'll yeah. be all right. And the good news is, is our secondary has probably played the best that they've looked all season. Stepping up big time. If Bashad Breeland, who is injured, if he can't go, or do you think they put uh, Jerry Sneed on, uh, on, Di- on Stephon Diggs and you just think they let him ride? I hope not. I hope they don't put Legereus Sneed on Stephon Diggs because the reality is is Legereus Sneed isn't quite in that light to shut down a number one receiver as good as Stephon Diggs is, especially on top of Josh Allen and his chemistry. 
Right. So I hope they just keep him in the slot because he is playing his ass off in the slot right now. I would like to see um, Rashad Brennan come back and kind of take digs for most of the game, which is safety help over the top, kind of like a Juan Thornhill guy who I think is better in covers than maybe a Daniel Sorensen is. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I think it'll be a tell sign of – because I do think that we're going to see Green Bay in the Super Bowl. Uh, I just think they're the more complete team over Tampa, just all across the board, offensive line, their secondary. I think it would be something to look at as to how we cover digs is we'll probably do something similar with Devontae Adams, if it works. If it works. We got to win this one before we start talking Super Bowl time. I'll tell you what, though. Chris Jones, last time they played them, he destroyed Buffalo's offensive line the last time they played them. He was living in the backfield. He didn't get a sack, but he was back there – making plays if you even remember back to last time we played buffalo sneed didn't even play he was coming off of his injury he didn't play sammy watkins didn't play either well guys now the chiefs we have two guys we haven't even talked about on offense clyde we've talked about a little bit from last time and sammy these guys haven't even seen the field yet so i mean we could be i mean if i'm the bills and i'm seeing that these guys are practicing i mean I know their defense and secondary is good, but this is why the Chiefs have all these weapons. It's because they're going to beat you any way they want to on offense. I think Clyde could have a huge day if he's close to 100%. Um, Who knows? Maybe this this will be the Le'Veon game. Maybe. Yeah. All right. Caleb, I meant to to give you credit about – uh, when I went back and watched the game, I didn't realize that in Tony Romo's report before the game, he ta- they talked about putting Chris Jones at the end spot. You've been calling that all week. Yeah, dude, I watched that film. Yeah. Well, they went. They, good. they started out with that heavy package. They wanted bit. They wanted bodies out there. They. I know my Chiefs take was horrendously off because Mike Pinelli had one tackle, but he did a good job stuffing the run. Yeah, he did. Oh, and I'll tell you what. There's another guy who kind of had an underrated game versus the Bills last time we played them, and he's gotten a lot more reps, and he's kind of turned into an interior pass rusher for the Chiefs, had a big pass bat down. That's the pride of the GLVC, Mr. Tershawn Wharton. He did have a good game. The Bills' interior line, their guards are not that good. They have a good center in Mitch Morse, but their guards kind of struggle. So I'd be looking to see what kind of interior pass rush that Jones and Wharton can kind of generate. Yeah, you don't think Chris Jones will be playing defensive end this week? Not this week. This week. For a pass rush, we might be better off just putting Wharton, Jones, and Alex Okafor. Okafor. Yeah, we might just be better off doing that than leaving Frank Clark on the field. We'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. All right, let's get some final score predictions, and then we will get into the Chiefs' takes. What's the final score prediction? I'm going to take the Chiefs in a close one. Mahomes is healthy, hopefully. Uh, I don't think it'll be as high-scoring game as everybody thinks. I think the Chiefs come away with this one. I'm going to say 24-21. Okay. Peyton? Thinking the same thing. I don't think it's going to be uh, too high-scoring of a game. I will take the Chiefs 24-17. I think the Chiefs blow them out because I think the Chiefs are probably mad about all this stuff that yeah. they've had to listen to. I think that Patrick Mahomes is mad. He's had to split that all-pro team spot with – Josh Allen and the last time we saw Patrick Mahomes get injured he came out and had like a 400 yard passing performance the next game 
it's going to be a little rainy. The weather admissions are going to be a little adverse, but I think the Chiefs win this football game 35 to 17. And I don't even think it's as close as that indicates. I think Buffalo gets some garbage time. I think it's going to be a domination, to be honest with you. Especially How do you the way think we attack Stephon Diggs. I think we're probably going to double cover him. I think they're probably going to, if you know, I honestly think that if Breland's healthy, they'll let him play. Because Stephon Diggs, I was looking at something. 25% of the routes he runs are slants. Yeah, sure. That is, that's, what, that's what Breland lives off of. Oh, yeah. He, he loves sitting on routes. Just as long he would as rather, – He would rather cover the quick outs and slants and uh, in routes than, than cover you on a fade. Just as long as the Chiefs yeah. don't give up too many big plays, I think they'll be fine. No big plays. That's the key. Have you heard anything on Cole Beasley? How healthy is he? I've heard he's not real healthy. I thought that's yeah that's what i've heard all right guys this show is called chiefs take for a reason guys i hope you thought about them but let's get these chiefs takes for the week afc championship game oh boy we need this one i'm thinking i'm gonna go with the chiefs will rush for over 200 yards as a team going back to back so last week, I think I called that the Chiefs were going to have a balanced attack. And what, we have two passing and two rushing touchdowns? Yeah. Before Mahomes goes out, it looks like that might have happened. Uh, this week, I'm going back to our secondary. I was high on them early in the year. They're playing their best football right now. I think we have over three interceptions. Ooh, so you think we go at, you think they get after Josh, huh? I think we pressure Josh. He has to make some ill-advised throws. Um, or we get him to third really long, and he just throws it to us. Arrowhead was kind of live for being the I could see crowd. I could see Snead getting two picks. Just kind of balling out. Just just having one of those games, it's like, well, we thought you were what you are. So, All right, here's my Chiefs take for the week. I think that Travis Kelsey Blake breaks the playoff receiving record for a single game. I think – I think he takes them to town. I have no idea what the record is, but I can just see this. He's—I he's, don't know what it is, but he's breaking it because <laughs> I mean, four hundred yards. He's still you breaking know, it. You know the Bills. I mean, they got good players. I mean, but we saw Travis Kelly. He is like in his prime mode right now. If Mahomes doesn't get hurt, I think he goes to like a hundred. He probably has over hundred and fifty yards receiving this past game. I think he's going to be ready to go. I just. Yep, I mean, I'm forty yards, two hundred forty, set by a guy that played for the Buffalo Bills. Mm. You might have something there. We might be onto something. Hey, you know who else played for the Buffalo Bills? OJ Simpson. OJ Simpson. <laughs> do you know who? Do you know who's that guy? Man. Killed his wife. <laughs> that guy killed his wife. And allegedly, allegedly. <laughs> Yeah, I was, I was watching the, I was watching that show the other day, just getting in getting in my mode to get ready to hate the Bills this week. I'm surprised OJ has mafia. Yeah, they need to open up the stadium to eighty thousand full capacity, and just let Bills Mafia and Chiefs Kingdom get after it before the football game. <laughs> I've had several people tell me that they're buying uh, end tables that they can jump on this week in support of the Buffalo Bills. Well, you know what? They hate us because they ain't us. But I tell you what, come Sunday, 540 Arrowhead time, it's a bad day to be a Buffalo Bill. Bad day. Bad, bad day. 
All right, everyone. This has been the Chiefs Take Podcast. This has been a production of Arrowhead Live and Border Fuel Sports Media. Make sure you're checking it out. Make sure you're following the podcast channel. Make sure you're doing everything. Guys, I hope we get to do a couple more of these because it's time to roll. Big time, big time playoff game this week. Everybody keep on keeping on.